What's up, and welcome to episode 81 of the Complete Geeks Podcast. I am Organic, joined tonight for a late show with... Bob. Bob. Yep. What's up? Nothing much. Uh, had a... Uh, <laughs> we're doing a night show because they uh, usually record on Sunday mornings, and I, I told Organic out of nowhere, I was like, hey, you want to... Uh, you want to bail and do this uh, tomorrow night? <laughs> He's like, yeah, sure. And so I end up uh, end up hanging out with some friends, ha- hanging out with some friends yesterday. Hit up uh, hit up a vintage toy shop. Um, had had brunch. Uh, the vintage toy shop near me was uh, really cool. It was super tiny. Um, they had a thirty percent off sale, and so I picked up some uh, like old. I picked up a couple Game Boy Advance games and a couple Game Boy games, but. It was just like a very eclectic mix of like wrestling figures, like old superhero toys, Star Wars toys. It was just like everything was everywhere. It was uh pretty slick. I enjoyed it. Yeah, is this so, a place you've been to before? No, was, I'd never been there. Um and it was so my buddies wanted to meet up and I was like, Yeah, I was like, I'll see what organic says and when you were like, Yeah, that's fine by me, I was like, Cool and so I just met up with them for an impromptu hangout and I was like, Yeah, it's uh it was it was just a weird little spot. I just I couldn't get over like how like it was so dense too, and I was just like, we were in there for probably about an hour. And I mean, you're talking about a place that's you know no bigger than like maybe two bedrooms slapped together, like two eight by ten bedrooms slapped together. It's because no, there's just so much stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, it was it was super cool. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then did brunch and everything like that, and end up. And I'm going over and thinking that I was like, oh, I'm going to be out for a few hours. I was out all day. I was out till like nine o'clock at night. And I was like, holy crap, I got to work tomorrow. <laughs> Man, that was that was probably just a like a crazy change of pace. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was just it was nice because all all my all my friends that like my small bubble that I hang out with, we've all been vaccinated. And so it was like it was cool actually having that like outside of like wearing the mask and stuff like that. It's like having that mm-hmm. nice little glimmer of normalcy again. It's like, I don't know. It's just, it's refreshing to see. I was like, Oh, thank God. It's getting and there. So, yeah. It's getting there. Slowly, but surely it's getting there. But, uh, outside of that, um, actually watched a lot of, watched a lot of TV, uh, did, did all kinds of weird stuff. Um, I finished, did you finish Falcon and winter soldier at all? I did. What'd you think? I thought it was excellent. I was, me being the biggest Captain America fan ever, regardless of who's yeah. Captain America, I was fucking geeking out the whole time. Because <laughs> that, like, his suit looks exactly like what it looks like in the comic books. Like, almost verbatim. It was the weirdest yeah. thing. I was like, holy shit. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, no, I'd like, yeah, I'd like, kind of like the moments, like, it didn't, he obviously, he had the, the package there. And really, the next episode kind of just jumped in and didn't really go into like whole moments, but it spent the whole episode as showing him as Captain America. Yeah, loved it. Yeah, that's what that's what I thought was. I thought it was super cool having that cliffhanger on episode five, and then doing episode six, and just debuting it out of nowhere. And I like how it's so much. It's not just like a recolor of his old suit. Like the wings are actually bigger. Like I love the fact that he wears the shield on the back of it. It was just, it was, it was super slick. I was like, man, I was like, that is nice as hell. I was like, I am totally down for this. And yeah, I'm. And then, did you see that big trailer today that Marvel released? I did. 
Um, yeah, that was man. Uh, that that just got me excited of like kind of you going into what you did on Sunday, like mm-hmm. seeing all those things lined up, and then like finishing going like see you at the movies. It was just yeah. like we like back things back to normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that, and that's from yeah, and that's that's I'm excited about that because like one of my friends, one of my close friends, is a huge. Uh, Black Widow fan, and so uh, this goes out to you, Matt. He actually listens all the time. So hi, buddy. Um, he uh, he. That's the first thing he said because he was talking about like we all saw Endgame together, and he was talking about how like wonderful a moment that was and everything. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like, it'll happen again, definitely when we see Black Widow. And he was like, absolutely. So yeah, I have every intention of seeing Black Widow in a theater, and then definitely, you know, regardless of because now I'm getting to the point now where it's like at first I was like, yeah, I'm all for like not going to the movies and just seeing this stuff VOD. And I mean, some people will, dis- will disagree with me, but I'm like sort of now switching back to the point of like, I don't know. I mean, I like going to the movies. I, I enjoyed it. It was one of my wife's biggest pastimes in terms of like going to see, like she just loves the whole experience. And so it's, it's one of those things where I'm looking at like, Oh, you know, I, and then now being, you know, things are, especially in our state, like things are starting to, go down things are starting to helpfully peter out like and vaccinations are becoming more widely available and things are becoming easier and it's just i don't know i feel more comfortable and safe going out to movies again and so i'd be excited to you know flip the page and go back to doing that yeah i I do like like mortal kombat godzilla i do like that we're starting to kind of prove that concept of these things releasing in tandem can still generate a lot of profit right. in both sides right so i'm I, uh oh good like like I, th- I think that will easily continue and just give give people the choice yeah i mean it's it's cool to like especially especially films like uh like that like another film like the bob odenkirk film nobody like yep. if you gave people the VOD option or like Willy's Wonderland, like these like lower budget films that don't get a lot of like advertising budget, if they had the opportunity of doing like VOD, but also having the opportunity of being in the theater, I think they just double their revenue in just, I mean, it's, you know, you put it for 1999 and on VOD, some people might feel more comfortable about spending 20 bucks rather than going out to a theater for it. So you just like broaden your audience more. I understand for like larger budget films, but if they did it so that way, there's like a nice even split as opposed to like those like stupid limited run theaters where they're like, oh, we played this on 100 screens at random places all over the country. It's like play it on more screens, but give people the opportunity. And you can always do instead of doing like limited number of screens, just do limited run engagements instead of it being like the full like two months of the average on, a th- you know, that a film's in a theater. Make it for like a couple weeks, but make it so that way it actually has progressive showing so that way people can see it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh speaking of uh speaking of films, I watch Mortal Kombat. I have started it. I have not actually like sat down to watch the entire thing. I mean it's neat, but it's hokey <laughs> as shit. <laughs> it's it's, it's I, I don't think I've ever like heard a film described. Yeah, it's neat. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean it's, I mean it's that's it's like the uh yeah, it was different. 
Yeah, it's it's like because there's a couple times where like there are spots that are like shining stars in terms of like video game films where you're like you're you look at it and you're like oh, okay cool like this is actually a good part of this is really funny and then there's other parts where you're just like this is cringe. I think a lot of people who are bashing the film currently are more geared towards like their nostalgia. They have their you know rose color colored glasses on when it comes to that's, the original Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it's fucking. And they're just bonkers. like I love this. Yeah, it's like I love this film. It's the the new one's way worse, and I'm like, mm, I'm like, I think you haven't watched the old one recently, and I, I I don't know. I enjoyed it. I think it'd be one of those things where like I would watch it again. I wouldn't watch it again right away, but yeah, I would definitely watch it again. I think it's it was an enjoyable film. It's just like uh, Godzilla versus Kong, like in in that scale sense of like. If I would have went to the movies, I wouldn't have been disappointed that I watched it at the movies. You know what I mean? Big, big dumb movie keeps you entertained. Exactly, exactly. It's exactly what it is. And like, you have some of those people that are just like talking about like the lore of Mortal Kombat, and I'm like, okay, listen to that whole entire sentence, and then just stop talking. Like the lore of Mortal Kombat. It's like, do you not know how this shit started? It was a Genesis game. Come on, you know, get with the program here, kids. Yep. But uh, and then uh. More uh, speaking of HBO Max, man, I'm doing all kinds of segues there. I feel like Castle. Um, good man, yeah. And uh, so I guess HBO Max is deciding to like, I don't know if it's like free up server space or like to move shit around, but they're actually removing like a bunch of not old Looney Tunes stuff, but like mid, mid like 2010 to like 2018, like Looney Tunes stuff, like uh. One of the things I was watching was new Looney Tunes, and then oh, yeah. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, and then they had that one show that was more of like a reality type of TV drama Looney Tunes show. Um, they were they removed them all. I think they're all removed by now. But I was watching new Looney Tunes. Uh, came out in 2015. Um, same thing as like the new HBO stuff that they released. It's uh, all shorts. They're about seven eight minutes long. Um, There's two seasons worth. They it was. It was entertaining, but uh, it was weird because, you know, when they say new Looney Tunes, you're thinking of, like, redos of older or older uh, shorts or, like, a bunch of shorts with a bunch of different characters. But the mm-hmm. majority of them were, like, Bugs Bunny cartoons, which I have no qualms with, but it was just very strange where it's like, this is not necessarily Looney Tunes. You should have just called it, like, the Bugs Bunny show or something like that or, like, new Bugs Bunny shorts, not... Not, uh... Not this. I just thought that was. I thought that was a very weird thing to call it. And so it's um su- super weird timing to remove any of that with Space Jam coming out. I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's what kills me too. But they're keeping like they're keeping obviously their stuff that they released, and they're keeping all the old stuff from like the forties and fifties. And it's just these particular ones they were removing. I just thought that was very strange. And so I decided to give it a go. And yeah. I mean, it, it being removed, it's. You're more upset that something's being removed rather than the actual content that's being removed. I really wouldn't have been like super pressed if if they announced it and they just quietly got rid of it. I wouldn't have seek you know went to go seek it out later. And I would I watched the first season. And I ended up watching old Looney Tunes cartoons after. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. Um, so in. In the action figure front, speaking of Looney Tunes, um, Leia, I, I, there was a bunch of new Lego releases this week, and uh, 
I dropped a bunch of money this weekend, and man, uh, I don't even think it's it's just Legos. You've you had stacks yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's an accumulation over a few weeks. Um, the Lego stuff, which is the more recent stuff. Like I said, speaking of Looney Tunes, they released uh, the blind bag minifigures, and they were Looney Tunes themed. So a buddy of mine works at Lego. He fills out all the bags, you know, because you can't really touch the bags yourself because of COVID. Yep. He actually felt out all the bags and got me a whole entire set. So I'm actually looking at them now. Like the whole set's like some gems in it are like Wally Coyote, Marvin the Martian, obviously Bugs and Daffy, uh, the Tasmanian Devil. Like they're just they're super nice and I, I love Looney Tunes and so I had to have them um, a bunch of Star Wars stuff came out I got a couple of the busts the Darth Vader and the Scout Trooper busts the like the helmets mm-hmm. that retail anywhere between like 50 and 70 dollars a piece those are cool um, the biggest thing I got Lego wise was uh, the UCS or Ultimate Collector Series they re-released R2-D2 like a big one Oh damn! So it's like yeah, so it's like a twelve or thirteen inch tall R two D two. It has like a little hidden compartment for Luke's lightsaber. It has all the little tools that pop out on it. Super super nice, super detailed. And so I was like, I stayed up till twelve o'clock on May first because that's when it came out to to get it. And then the site crashed. I was up for like from like one to one thirty, just frantically wanting to buy this thing. It immediately sold out not too long ago, but I actually secured mine and it shipped today. So I should have it nice. here this week. I'm excited for that. And then uh, on the action figure front, um, yeah, I posted a picture to, what was it, Twitter? Or in, I posted it to Twitter. And uh, yeah, bunch of odds and ends, um, couple import toys. Uh, had an old CM Corp Gal Gygar figure. Uh, ordered that because I was like, oh, it was like, it was like 140 bucks. I've been looking for one on eBay for a while. That's the big giant box that was at the bottom of the picture. Yep. And uh, it popped up on eBay, and I just put a bid in for it. The scariest part was it got lost in the mail for like a week. Like oh, it just no. it went from like Tennessee to nowhere and then showed up in D.C. And I was like, please just get here. It, sh- it came here. It was in really good condition. I was like, holy shit. Um, on the Amazing. NECA turtle front, um, mm-hmm. NECA released a bunch of exclusive turtles. They have the Turtles in Disguise set, which is uh, all four turtles in a big box set. It retails for like 125 bucks. Um, they all come in trench coats. They all have swappable heads, so it looks like they're wearing masks and everything. I checked six targets in a day because they're Target exclusive. I checked six targets in a day. I couldn't find them for shit, and I was like, well, I'm just going to relax on it for a bit. I uh, The next day, I get off of work, and I'm like, oh, I'll stop. I have two targets on the way home from work. Okay. And... Uh, and it, that's what I. That's the thing about Maryland that makes it. You know, uh, it's a small state. Like those two targets are literally in my line on the way home. Like, and they're not like I'm not going out of my way. And it's only a thirty minute drive. It's a twenty minute drive between the two targets. And so, uh, I stop at the one. There's nothing. And this is four o'clock in the afternoon. So, I walk into my my local one, which is only like ten minutes away from my house. And I'm just bebopping along, and I go check the NECA section and I like walk by and I like, I do a double take and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, there it is. It's there. It is at four o'clock in the afternoon, just sitting there on the shelf. There was three of them. So I end up buying all three. Um, I helped out fellow collectors that were like that I follow on Twitter and stuff like that and helped out a couple of people and, uh, actually met up with some, actually met up with some people and 
good group of people. It's it's weird how we're all like ghosts in the machine. It's like we never really see each other. Like one of the guys lives like 20 minutes away from me. The other guy lives about 45 minutes away from me. We were able to help each other out and hook each other up with stuff. And so, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. It, it's, I was thoroughly shocked and I was, a lot of people kept on asking me, they're like, where'd you find it? And I'm like, I found it here. And they're like, was there any more? And I'm like, no, there isn't any more. Like it's, it just depends on luck of the draw with this shit. Um, and yeah. And I'll, and I'll say like, after doing this podcast, looking at you guys collecting, following a bunch of people and I follow mm-hmm. the two guys that you helped out just mm-hmm. to see they like most of these collectors spend more time on Twitter about all the times that they strike out and yep. just to see like everybody coming together, helping each other out and yeah. every comment you have on there that it's people that have struck out but are just excited mm-hmm. to see people come through. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's very cool to see. It's very cool to see like the positive aspects of something or, you know, and it's not just like a bunch of people just, you know, cause we all get upset about this shit. We all get bummed out about it. I mean, it's, you know, regardless of whether it's action figures or anything else, but it's always cool to see this stuff like where people actually get like a win and you're just genuinely excited for that person. And so, yeah, it's cool to see, you know, how positive the community can be. There's a couple outliers here or there where, you know, you get people that get upset or people that get butthurt about things, which you, you understand that's general consensus of, you know, doing this kind of hobby. But for the most part is, it is a very positive experience. And, you know, it's cool talking to people, you know, even through like discord, like, you know, doing this kind of stuff, but it's cool talking to these people all over these different States and everybody's experience is different. And so it's, it's wild to see because like one of the guys, he lives in Texas and usually the two biggest spots where like action figures hit first are either California or Texas because like both of them, both of them are humongous States. They have huge distribution centers. So when you see a hit, like when you see a hit there, you're like, Oh shit, it's in the United States. And you start like freaking out and, and it's awesome too because like uh, two of my two of my good friends, my best friend as well. He's he's also an action figure collector, and so when and he collects different things than I do. So like when he like my positivity comes from like mainly him because like if I show him a picture or something, even though he doesn't collect it, he's like, oh, that's badass. That's great that you found it, and vice versa. If he finds something like today, he found a wrestling figure that he was looking for, and it was a one in one thousand variant. And he sent a picture of it, and he was just like, dude, he was like, I'm so fucking pumped. And I was happy for him. I was just genuinely excited. I was like, this is fucking awesome. Um, speaking of uh, speaking of my best friend, I know this feels like I'm talking the whole time. If you need to tell me to shut up, just shut up. Um, good. Uh, my buddy, he does action figure customization, and uh, I'll send you a picture of it. I'll send you a picture of it mm-hmm. in Discord. Uh, I found a guy on Instagram who does like he makes he actually does resin cast parts for figures okay and he was like oh you know you take this black series star wars black series ewok and you take all the parts off and you add my parts to it and my buddy can paint it he made me a custom alf figure oh shit <laughs> um hold on let's see i'll see if i can send you a picture of it uh all it's, right uh it's it was for my wife's birthday uh she loves alf she's super obsessed that. with alf and uh and she was just like uh 
she was just like i was like i sent her a picture of it i was like would you want this and she was like fuck yeah i would want it and so the guy sells the uh he sells the kits for like 40 bucks the figures like 20 bucks and so and then my buddy he just my john he just does he does a hell of a job with uh painting figures and he takes his sweet time and i was just like this thing is absolutely incredible um there you go i sent it to you so you'll see it in a second it just oh, it looks unreal <laughs> it looks unreal i have to i'll have to tell the people i'll post it in discord uh i'll post it in the collections um, tab yeah but... the the amount of detail he got on that is <laughs> wild yeah it's it's very cool she, and if it's fully posable you can move it all around and everything you just gotta be careful of the paint and uh so it's a cat right I, I should get find some kind of like one six scale kit to uh, put with it but lastly on uh lastly on saturday for me um it was funny because i stayed up all night on or i stayed up late on saturday to get the lego thing and then um another guy there's a guy i follow on twitter too um mike chi he does uh have you ever heard of a thing called a retro tank no so a retro tank is like i i'm I have all my retro consoles hooked up, but I like having them like I don't like using a lot of emulators unless I absolutely have to. Yep. So uh, I use video. So those kind of things like uh, I use video upscalers, which is like pretty much to like not make the picture look like shit when you're trying to like put like an older system onto a television. Yeah. But a lot of the solutions for it, while they're they're really really nice, have a lot of um, they. They're very not user friendly. Like it's a lot of tweaking, a lot of fucking around with settings and like making sure that this stuff is right. And I started getting really, really sick of that. Like I don't feel like having to keep tweaking. Like if I wanted to do that, I would run it on an emulator on a PC. I don't want to have to keep on tweaking all these settings to make sure that this does this and this does that and that's fit yep. in the form of my TV correctly. So this guy releases this thing. He released it on Saturday, this past Saturday. It's called the RetroTink 5X which pretty much upscales your resolution of these old, you know, 240p, 480i systems upwards of, you know, 1080p. We're not talking about changing the resolution of the game, but upscaling it so that way it looks really clear, it looks really crisp on a modern television. And his solution is complete plug and play with only just cycling through like different preset modes. And people were like a lot of people like Digital Foundry um, retro RGB. They were just talking about how like wonderful this product is. He had mm -hmm. a limited release on Saturday, and he was like, you know, if you don't get it now, you might do this. And once I watched like three or four YouTube videos of it, I was like, it was not cheap. It was like two hundred seventy five dollars to to get it. But uh, because all the parts for microchips and everything are just constantly going up, but yeah. I was like, fuck it. And so twelve o'clock hit. I put in my order for it. It popped up and said that I got it. And within like two minutes later, it sold out. A lot of people were like, holy crap. And I was like, holy shit, I got one. And the guy actually, he has them like in stock. So he should be shipping it out this week. So I'm super excited about that. I'm, I'm excited about just being able to hook up these consoles, turn on this upscaler and just be able to play them, not having to yeah. tweak a bunch of settings. So, but oh, very uh, cool. yeah, so that is me for the past. I don't know how long we, I've been talking for 23 minutes. So, uh, how about you, organic? What do you been up to? Yeah, it's not bad at all. <laughs> um, actually, I I am extremely jealous of one of your figures. Just wanted to touch uh, that Modok. Um, oh, 
looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I'm so ready for that show to come out. That's a uh, the Modoc just got released. He retails for Is like fifty bucks. Yeah, he's oh, out. He's, you can buy it on. Yeah, he's a newer figure. He just got released. It's a the last time they released Modoc for Marvel Legends was like that was back when Toy Biz ran everything. It's like when Marvel like direct ran that shit, and it was like two thousand. God, it was probably like two thousand three, two thousand four. So yeah. that figure needed a much needed update. That figure's huge. It's like a fifty dollars. I, I tell it comes in a fucking box. Yeah, it's cool because it comes in all parts and everything like that. Yeah, and I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm really excited for the show too. But yeah, fantastic figure. If you were, it has swappable faces, so it has like a really like big like mad grinning face, and it has like a, a scowl face. You can actually store nice. the face inside of it. Yeah, it's it's super nice. I'll send you pictures of it later. Sweet. Yeah. No, and, but uh, um, my my world, um, mm-hmm. still still marching on with Daredevil. Um, oh, nice. Wrapped up, wrapped up with season one. Um, still just that that show. I I miss it still to this day. I know. I, I know. Re- reading some like info that it seems like uh that character will be returning. Um, I read a rumor today that. It's going to be, I think, sometime in the next year. Which... Yeah, because I was hearing, I was hearing all that rumblings where they were just like, you know, just like all the other like Marvel television stuff. They're trying to figure out a way to introduce these characters again because they want to. Pretty much the rumors I'm hearing, they want to make the the Netflix shows non-canon now. Yep. And I'm like, I'm like, damn. I'm like, really? Like, okay, I guess so. <laughs> Yeah, right. I'll I'll be interested to see where it goes. I'm I'm hopeful. I mean, especially just talking about Modoc that that is coming to Hulu. So I don't know yeah. if they'll branch more off of that and keep that going, or if it will come to Disney or somewhere in the uh, MCU. But when does uh when does Modoc come out? I think the end of May. Oh man, I'm I saw the trailer for it recently, and I'm really excited for it. It looks it looks fucking hilarious. Yeah, it. It honestly, it reminds me. Do you remember uh, when they were gonna do that Star Wars show uh, with Seth Green? That one yes. that was just kind of like just a whole mockumentary deal on Star Wars. Yes, that's what, that's what this that? reminds me of. Um, I think that was coming out before Lucas sold to Disney, and then it all got scrapped. But, huh. I guarantee that show is done somewhere because it was really close to coming out. Yeah, I was going to say they had like, I mean, they have full trailers and everything. So, you know, there had to be some kind of like Star Wars. I think it was, was it Detours? Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yep. Huh. But yeah, just to- totally getting that vibe from it. Yeah. God, I'm, then... I'm reading about it now. Star Wars Detours <laughs> had... 39 episodes completed with 62 additional scripts finished. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, go on. <laughs> but, um, yeah, then Watch With The Kid on Friday premiered Mitchell and the Ma- or Mitchell vs. The Machines. Oh, I saw that. It's the same people who did uh, Into the Spider-Verse, right? Uh, yeah. People that... um, yeah, how... It that? looks awesome. Lord, Lord and Miller? I think yeah. uh what Lego movie Claudio yep. Chance of Meatballs. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a fun movie. Um it? definitely pokes a lot of fun at like Amazon and everything like that. 
Okay. But, yeah, it's it's a good watch. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I saw it. I saw the 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 trailer with the giant Furby in it. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, man, I was like, I had to give this a watch. Yeah, lots of, lots yeah. of. I mean, I'd say I I enjoyed it just as much as the kid. And then outside of that, um, picked up. I think it's the first special controller I ordered since the Titanfall One controller for the Xbox One. Oh. Which, but which I got one? the the electric volt controller. Oh, the uh, the neon green one. Yeah, I got it coming tomorrow. I'm really oh, excited for it. Mm-hmm. I saw the controller and I was like, "Go ahead." Kind of shocked. I, I got it through Microsoft and got it. I think in two days. It yeah. Was... Uh, same. Same. I ordered it through Microsoft because Amazon was like, "We don't know when yours is going to ship," and uh, I thought it was cool because my I had fifteen dollars like credit on my Microsoft account, and they were like, "Do you want to use this towards your controller?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I do." Yeah, so. it looks super cool. Um, I just it was like the color combination with everything, and I yeah. wanted an updated controller just to kind of have as a backup for the PC, right? And then yeah, that's a, the, that's awesome. And then took the kiddo to the zoo over the weekend. Oh, um, once again, kind of getting back to normal on some things. Nice. Um, went pretty early. Got to see they have a new little baby rhino there. Oh my goodness! Um, it was funny because they brought another rhino in during the COVID stuff to mm-hmm. um, see if they could reproduce, and they thought they were unsuccessful so they just kind of moved on and then out popped this baby <laughs> that's awesome so was uh, yeah. how was how was the whole entire experience in general with like even dealing with covid and stuff was it you know easy stress-free um it was stress-free it was a super nice day but i went ahead nice. it's 20 dollars a person to get into the zoo so i ended up just okay. getting a year pass Made which was a hundred Hundred and fifty, but with that pass, it bad. lets you get in. It lets you get in an hour before the zoo opens. Oh, that's awesome! So we we end up spending about three hours there. So we basically beat kind of the rush. So mm-hmm. I I'd probably still be kind of hesitant going like on peak times, but it was right. good for the most part. That's good. That's awesome. That's um. So how are how are things like with like schools and stuff? In, uh, where you live, are you, are is she going back to school or is it? Oh, uh, she she's been back to school since New Year's. Um, oh wow! But it is, but it is still like a hundred percent mass. But they they've gone. I mean, the whole second half of the school year without a single incident. Okay, that's awesome. That's that's great to hear. But because, I mean, here she, here she, it seems like. Go ahead. Uh, she she isn't a part of kind of the public school. Like the square mile okay. that I live is split between kind of the the main city public, and that mm. this is kind of a perimeter school. Um, okay. So, so luckily, I mean it's a, a smaller population within there, but they're they're a lot more controlled on things. That's good. It's it's good to hear. It's uh, it seems like it seems like the because my my mother in law she's a. Uh, She's a uh, school teacher, and it seems like what they because she was part of like the teachers' union and stuff like that, doing a lot of pushback on that stuff. And it seems like they, I think the county's finally clicked, and so she's going back to school and then being, you know, being able to be vaccinated and everything like that because she deals with handicapped children. Okay. And uh, 
Yeah, and it seems like it's a lot safer environment. And then it's still like a mix. Like I think it's like I think she only said like forty percent of the population of the school is back, and it's not because of the it's not because of the school itself doing that. It's like actually there's some there's a lot of parents still that are like, well, I'll just keep my kid at home until things are a lot better. And so, yeah, it's I'm glad to see that things are sitting there hidden at somewhat happy medium rather than uh rather than just full bore back at it. Yeah, and what they did here is basically any anybody, I think it was sixth grade and above, the parents would mm-hmm. have a choice if they wanted to do remote learning, hybrid, or full in session. Mm-hmm. And then any anybody below that grade went full in session, uh, with mm-hmm. the exception of parents could still request if they wanted to. Gotcha. Because, I mean, really, you think of, I mean, my daughter's in second grade, that the socializing between classes is, like, very limited. They are still, like, when they go out to recess, they are sectioned off within a group of five kids that are allowed to play on this equipment one day, and then they swap. I was wondering how, like, uh, oh, that that was one of the big things I was curious about. I was curious about how that actually, like, worked, like, how they were going to do... Because I know some some states were just like, we're not doing recess at all. And I'm like, God, I was like, these kids are going to get stressed out because it's like a freaking job now. But I wasn't sure how they actually, you know, would do. It makes a lot of sense, you know, being just on certain equipment at certain. Yep. So five huh. five kids gets one teacher, one teacher's aid, and they're just monitored for that session. Hmm. So we're almost there. Yeah. She finishes up on the 26th of this month, so. Let's see what next year holds. Right. Hopefully hopefully by the time hopefully things as they go through the summer and everything like that, things get better and then by the time you get to like you said, by the time you get to you know, the fall and you know, fall and everything like that will be a lot better. Yep, and then uh right. last to cl- last to close out my list, the biggest mm-hmm. piece of garbage ever, is I've just been rewatching all the episodes of Bar Rescue on Paramount Plus. Uh, just good old trash TV. Yep, I I, bl- I blame Toast for all this. Like Toast makes me want to watch trash TV because he's just like <laughs> he's just like he watches this. I don't feel ashamed. Um, I just I I love just the fact of watching something that I can kind of do things in the background. But shockingly, mm-hmm. I pay close attention to this just because I'm a <laughs> fucking maniac. Isn't that the way it always works? Like the ones that you're like, I'm never going to pay attention to this shit. And it's like, those are the ones you actually watch. And you're like, oh boy, what's going to happen at this bar? And it's like, There's... it's funny. Cause I, I can go back thinking like when this show like premiered and I'd watch mm-hmm. it and be like, so intent to it. And I'd be like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. This makes a lot of sense. And I watch it now. I'm like, man, I was like, they have lights set up every fucking where. Yeah. And. My my fun little habit is after every single episode I watch, I go down this rabbit hole of t- trying to yep. figure out what the last five to ten years has panned out for for this place. Yeah. Um, and I know I go ahead. Oh, and I've I've only found I I believe two and three or four seasons that have actually still remained open. Uh, it's like that for Kitchen Nightmares too, like. Kitchen like uh, Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. They have like lists online, and I think it's like eighty five percent of the restaurants that he tried to turn around end up closing anyway, because they were like just so far in debt that they couldn't be 
uh, rescued. Um, and, have you watched the have, have you watched the episode of Bar Rescue about the pirate bar in Maryland? Area? I have. I just watched it like three nights ago. Yeah, that uh, that place definitely did do that. Like it was like a pirate bar, and they turned it around, and they were like, "I hate this place. We're turning it back to a pirate bar." And I actually visited that place. I met a couple of the people <laughs> that were on the on that episode, and it was just like, "Holy shit!" I mean, apparently the place was still open as of like six years ago, something like that, six or seven years ago. So it was like shocking I do, that I do, I do have bad news. Yeah. They've closed. Hmm. Did they really? Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know, it's the place wasn't that spectacular anyway. You're just like this place is sort of a shithole, <laughs> and I understand yeah, I'd like, why you. I I do find it like interesting, just like the concept of like how valuable like a seat is to a restaurant and mm-hmm. things like that. But yeah, the the whole idea of like, hey, we're we're gonna spend seventy two hours with you, and we're gonna change your whole philosophy of thinking, yeah, and like i've I've been in different management positions throughout the year and years taught many lessons one of the, one of the common lessons that I've found that usually holds true is most people don't change, and yep, that shows a fantastic example of that yep is that you know you 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 would hope that these people would turn their lives around, but it's just really it's like such a whirlwind thing that it's yeah it usually doesn't work usually like shit happens and they end up and so you 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 like the novelty of it like you like you said the trash tv part of it but like you know damn well it's like this place is probably not gonna last so yeah it um going on top of that one of the reasons that i started diving back through that is there was mm -hmm. new exclusive episodes i think that started last night on paramount plus for bar wrestling. Oh, no shit. Hmm. Um, he is doing a whole season dedicated to COVID and rescuing bars in Vegas that serve the like casino workers. Oh. So I think it is like how how to operate in kind of a COVID world, how to get back to normal. Um, right. I haven't started watching any of it yet, but be be interesting. I'm I'm wondering to see if he's gonna play kind of like the egomaniac or if he's going to actually be more on the compassionate side. Yeah. Cause I, I'm curious on, on a lot of stuff because like you said, you empathize with a lot of these people, like small businesses, like those are kind of restaurants, like even, even certain like, you know, chain restaurants, even though they're chains, it's like, they still house people that need jobs and they need to work. And so it's, it'll be interesting to see, you know, it's it's just crazy. It, it was it's neat to see, especially here because uh, here just recently they brought everything back to a hundred percent capacity, but there are still uh, indoor capacity. But there's still a lot of restaurants that still are following because they recommend that you know you still social distance and stuff. Obviously, yep. of course, but um, a lot of them haven't really changed. They still kept the same policies that they have, and I was like, you know, I was actually sort of like surprised. But then, I i mean, you know, I think a lot of these places are starting to realize, too, that, you know, workers aren't as easily replaceable as they thought they were originally. And so I think they don't want to get, like, a lot of people sick. And then also they don't want, you know, you also don't want your restaurant to be known as, like, this restaurant had a COVID outbreak. <laughs> and so a lot of them, like, 
I went to this little breakfast spot by my house and uh, they yep. still have it. So like tables are still six feet apart. Like every other tables use, like they have, a, they have like an online reservation system. So you walk in, give them your name and they're like, just wait outside in your car. And then, you know, when you'll get a text when your table's ready and, and it's like, you know, this is one of the counties that you could be just at a hundred percent and they could fill up the whole entire restaurant, but they rather still follow the guidelines. And I was like, I was more appreciative of that. I was like, oh, it's like, this is actually really nice. Like you guys just didn't, you know, take the easy way out. It's like, you still want to do the right thing and be, you know, it's almost like a morally right thing. Like until cases go down even further, it's like, you still want to keep at it until, you know, it feels safe to actually do that rather than just do it because somebody lets you do it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the year of learning of just, they figured out how they can function and run in this environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's still certain restaurants that like, there's still certain restaurants where like a lot of people will still get takeaway. And even though they can't necessarily, they don't want to sit in your restaurant. doesn't mean that like your restaurant shit, it's just, they'll do takeaway or they'll do, you know, they'll do carry out or gift cards and things like that. And so it's, yeah, it's cool to see. But yeah, I had to. I, now I now I want to watch Bar Rescue shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are gonna move on, and we're gonna start with games. So, what you been playing, Bob? I have been playing. Uh, I started playing. I well, I started playing it again. Um, was uh, the twenty sixteen Ratchet and Clank? Man, I I loved yeah. like seeing the uh state of play and the new gameplay for a rift in time fucking unreal and that's um, what made me want to play it, it that was it is it is literally a repeat of every headline from when ratchet and clank uh 2016 came out of yep. this is a real life pixar movie yep it's just and even like because the i i'm playing the 2016 version on playstation 5 and uh the playstation 5 got a 60 fps update and so it is just, it, I, I've, it is one of the first times ever I've seen a game that is five years old age. So like gracefully in terms of like just updating the frame rate itself and just seeing how the game runs. And like, I, I put it this way. I, I beat the game on, cause I beat it on normal back in 2016. I loved it. thought it was great. I fired up this one. I was like, I'm going to beat it on hard mode. I beat it on hard once you beat it on hard, it opens up a challenge mode, which is like, you know, you can carry all your weapons over. You can upgrade, keep upgrading your weapons. You can upgrade your health. I played through challenge mode and beat it. And as soon as I beat it, I started over again on like a new game plus plus because you can still carry your same level and everything over again. And so now I'm trying to actually max out all the weapons and stuff like that. It's like I played this game three times back to back, just constantly playing it. It's <laughs> super enjoyable. It's like it's hella fun. It was super smart that they released it for free. And like I said, the PS five getting a, getting a 60 FPS update was just like icing on the cake for your game for this game. Yeah. And I think like once we, once we get into the news, that's seems to be a, a trend that we're going to see a lot of, and I'm all for it. Oh yeah. Especially on Microsoft 10. And then, uh, I didn't play a whole lot of it, but I played a little bit. I started playing near replicant. Okay. Which is the prequel to Near Automata? Um, it's 
It was the one that there was two different versions of Nier that we got, and it was based on the console. Well, we didn't get both of them, but like there was is it is it Nier Replicant Nier Gisalt or Gasalt? Yeah, I think it is. Um, one came out for the 360. Nier Replicant came out for the 360, and Nier Gasalt came out for the PlayStation Three. One's based off of old the old pretty much a young protagonist and one's based off an old protagonist. They're the same person, but it's just depending on their age. It's very mm-hmm. fucking weird. Yoko Taro is like the developer for near for all the near games is just, he's a very strange player, a very strange person. But, uh, we never got near replicant here. It was released on 360. It was only released in Japan. And, uh, this is just pretty much like a remaster of it. And, uh, it looks fantastic. It looks fantastic. It's it's not really a remaster. It's built from the ground up. Like same, I believe it's the same engine as Nier Automata. It looks great. It plays great. Super smooth, buttery frame rate. The combat's real fluid. Very Devil May Cry actionish. Mm-hmm. Um, I played a I played a brief bit of it, and yeah, I think after I'm done with Ratchet and Clank, I think I'm gonna hop into this. Be a good little change yeah. of pace. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's. Uh, those are the two major games I was playing. I was going to pick up uh, Returnal, but uh, I decided against it because Resident Evil 8 is coming out this weekend. And I'm like, I don't want to sit there and burn through Returnal and Resident Evil 8 comes out because like the initial impressions of Resident Evil 8, it's fucking incredible. So I'm like, yeah. Ugh. And honestly, that's from a social media perspective, you probably want to get through Resident Evil first. Correct. And Resident Evil, they're saying it's about a 10 to 12 hour game. So I'm like, sweet. I'm like, that's exactly what I need is like, plus I, it's just, yeah, I totally agree. I want to burn through Resident Evil before I see some kind of spoiler or anything like that. But yeah, I ended up, uh, I, I picked up Returnal. Um, I, I know I'm going to break a controller over it. Um, oh, yeah. I've, I've not done that for a very long time, but everything that I read points to just, pure frustration um i'm a little worried about kind of some of the sessions you need to put into it Mm -hmm. but yeah i'll give it a try i think it's just the point i'm i'm just ready to play something new it looks it looks fantastic i was just like holy shit i was like this like people are saying like that's one of the first true next gen games in terms of like ray tracing how well the frame rate runs like yeah, they're it's, saying it's just for... it's crazy that that group put that game out when you look at mm-hmm. kind of their I mean the like particle effects and everything like that like you look at Resogun and say okay yeah but this mm-hmm. to have like a full 3D perspective game and just kind of a first attempt at it is just shocking Right, and then it's like, you know, especially when you're like, what what else did they make? And it's like Resogun, a freaking launch PlayStation 4 title that was essentially free, and then you make this game, and it's like shit. So I, I don't know, I because I want to pick up Returnal because, like, new Pokemon Snap came out, Returnal came out. Uh, I think it's either next week or it's either this week or next week. Um, well, obviously, you got Resident Evil 8, and then Mass Effect. The Mass yeah, Effect Remaster right. Trilogy comes out next. I think it's next week. So it's like, shit. It's where we go for a drought for months. Now, all of a sudden, we got dumped on with four games within a two-week span. Yeah, it's 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 good to see. Yeah. It's always exciting. I'm super excited. So, yeah. And then... But, uh, 
after after the Returnal deal, um, actually getting on to things I actually played. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I threw in ten dollars and got the Tony Hawk HD one one and two, hundred and twenty hertz and four K update. Oh man, how is that? It's I don't think I would have been like too thrilled paying full price if they tried to re-release it. Um, oh, like if it was a $40 game again? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's it's good. I mean, I don't think it's anything that I noticed too much. Mm-hmm. Um, that game is so fast-paced anyways that anything from a background perspective of what they're doing as far as some kind of animations, line edging... It's it's really impossible to notice, right? Is it is it bad that uh, that's one of those games where I feel as if because you're so used to like when you think of Tony Hawk, you're just thinking of like PlayStation One, like like sub fifteen to twenty frames a second, you know. And so when you think about like four K one twenty, and I'm like, I'm like okay, like I'm I'm happy that this game just like. I don't know. I'm happy if the game was. I don't see a. Is it that much of a huge improvement being 120 frames a second as opposed to you know 30 to 60 frames a second? Yeah, not not at all. I I could say it does. It would probably make a difference if you're playing in the old um, controller configuration because you can play in the playstyles of Tony Hawk One or Tony Hawk okay. Two or a blended. Okay. So. I guess if, if you're playing in like Tony Hawk one without the ability to revert where your landings are impactful to your speed, mm. I can see where 120 would be a big draw, but obviously to put in like the reverts where you can continue your combos and it just takes out that kind of efficiency. Right. Yeah, but, um, and how much was, the, how much was the update? It was 10 bucks. So nice. I mean it's it's not, it's not an arm and a leg, but it is somewhat disappointing when you see like all these other games that are throwing out those updates for no cost. Yeah, and especially because of the fact that like you're re-releasing a physical version too. Um, there was another game that did it. Um, there's a game called Judgment. Um, it's the same people who did Yakuza. Um, the I forget the name. It's like Rio Guy Goku Studios or Goka Studios. Instead of releasing, I guess because they started using like new assets and changed the engine around that the game runs on. And of course, I'm a sucker because I like the studio and I support them. I bought the game, but instead of doing like an HD upgrade or anything like that, like a free upgrade, they were like, yeah, we have to re release the game again. And so it came out at a budget price of $40, but it was still like one of those things where I was like, son of a bitch, like this game just came out like two years ago and you're already releasing like essentially like an HD remaster of it. It's like, I look at, look at control. I, yep. Yeah. It was exactly like the same vein as control. It was like, I, and a lot of people even said, they were like, I would have paid five or 10 bucks for an upgrade, but having to pay 40 bucks for it again, sucked. It was like, damn it. But I don't know. And then, like you said, you get disappointed too, because like insomniac is releasing a brand new game and they still had like enough of the team released a 60 FPS update for, the 2016 a five-year-old game released a 60 frame a second update and and what i love like a lot about that ratchet and clank update it's not like this was released on pc where they already kind of had everything worked out 
I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of work went into them pushing that out. Yeah. I will tell you one thing. It is, there was one spot, literally one spot where it hitched from like, I couldn't even tell you. It just dropped. Like, it wasn't even, it wasn't like, I mean, we're talking like from like 60 to like maybe like 50 for like two milliseconds because I there was a bunch of enemies around and I was just pummeling everything with like one of the biggest weapons I had. Yep. And the rest of the game is completely locked at 60 frames a second. Doesn't hitch at all with all the particle effects, all the bolts, everything coming flying at you. They did a hell of a job making sure that, you know, that game did not hitch at all. And then all the character models and everything like that, because they were so high quality beforehand, mm-hmm. everything was super high quality. The only thing that I will say is the detractor is because of the fact that it was based off of, it was like sort of like based off the movie because remember they released that movie in 2016, 2017 too. So you have, you have CG cutscenes which are like actual cutscenes from the movie all the cutscenes from like their engine and the actual in-game character models, they run great. But like you can definitely tell that the the movie clips and everything are like a little lower quality. And because I don't know whether it's because I have them running off a hard drive and not a I have them running off of like uh external hard drive rather than the SSD, which I don't think that's a big issue, but they hitch. They they sort of like okay, are staticky you. like you and obviously they're not sixty frames a second as opposed to the rest of the cutscenes and stuff and so it's sort of jarring but not enough to detract you from playing the game but you can just definitely tell the difference. But yeah, it was super freaking cool. Yeah, I, I need to like I did not finish the the full remake, so I'd no. like to go back and do that um, before the new one comes out. The replayability is awesome, but the cool thing is like you don't have to play the twenty. If you don't even if you miss the twenty sixteen one, like you don't have to play the twenty sixteen one to play this one. Oh so, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean the replayability is awesome. Like once you beat it and you get the challenge mode where you're like, I can go back with all the same weapons starting out and just go back and play it again, and then you play for like you play with like bolt multipliers and scores and stuff like that. It makes it. And then you're because you're not watching any of the cutscenes and stuff like that. It's actually a really fun playthrough. It's like Returnal Junior. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And then we'll get into it on the news, but I also went back to a rather old game and started Uh-oh. going through Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Oh shit! How, so, how did part, that turn out? Part of EA Play. I oh, okay. I didn't I didn't give Catalyst a. A real good look. I was a huge fan of the first Mirror's Edge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was more impressed of just kind of the time period it came out and what it was doing. It was so new. Um, Catalyst never really grabbed me, but obviously X- Xbox made some changes on some of the old backwards compatible games. And so right. got, I'm going to dedicate some time and kind of revisit some of these. There you go. Um, game, game is just silky smooth. I think for that style of game, it suits it well. That's I awesome. will say that that game is just beyond frustrating. Mm. Um, it is it is a game that is built on so many different little time trials that, and the controls are unlike any other. Um, it relies on a lot of the triggers as just general movement. But right. I'm gonna I'll keep it going. Um, 
I'd like to see if I can get through it all. Um, that that engine I will say hasn't aged super well, um, which is kind of surprising because it is a dice game and dice is always known for making relatively pretty games. Sometimes, I think sometimes it's, though, it's like sometimes character models like age a lot worse than we think. Yeah, and I will say it's it's driven a lot from that, um, mm-hmm. and I think it's just the color palette of that game that the character models stand out really pronouncedly on a mm. white and red background. Right, but to see to see what they can do with the, kind of the new updates on the FPS boost is intriguing. And then, right. and then, lastly, was I got an invitation to XCloud, not a oh, formal invitation. I never, never received the email going back. And then I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about the website to go to to log in. I was like, "Hell, I'm just going to give this a try." So ended up getting through. That's um, crazy. It's, it's super handy that it basically it leads you through kind of you're using the browser. Hey, if you're on iOS, here's how to bookmark it so it looks like an app on your phone. Hmm. I will say I've played it four different times. It's very 50-50 on the experience that I'm getting. Oh, really? The, the only thing I've I've tried to play so far, because I don't have a good controller situation, and I played it through 5G and then through local Wi-Fi, is I've done Sea of Thieves because there's built-in touch controls to that. Okay. So to, how how was it? For, first of all, it's it's amazing that they made this all work. Um, hmm. li- literally, I mean, just boots up straight up like a console. If you are on a Series X, it will be painful because it brings you back to the old loading times. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's just one of those things you forget and you're like, all right, all right, all right, and then mm-hmm. finally gets going. Um, the obviously I played it four times, two times, didn't didn't have any hiccups. Um, outside of just getting used to the touch controls, which are a little, little funky. You have basically your left thumb controls your uh, front and back movements, but also mm-hmm. your look ability is controlled by your left thumb as well. Hmm. Um, so it is not a right thumb button on the screen. Right. So I I don't know how you could really get into doing too much in that game real fluidly. But I haven't spent a lot of time. I don't know if that can be remapped or not. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't. I Because I haven't been able to get a hold of like xCloud at all. Like even getting an invite and stuff. And so I haven't touched on any of it. Though I do but, want to get uh I do want to get a mobile controller. I you and I have been talking about getting a I, backbone controller. Yeah, I th- I think that mm. is a necessity. Yeah, Cause but, especially because I have I have Apple Arcade, and there are actually there's actually are games on Apple Arcade that I want to play, and apparently the backbone controller is like native to those, like it just plays them fluidly. And I was like, well, shit. I was like, now I kind of want to get a backbone now because. You know, if I could play these games with a uh, the friggin' native controller that just plugs and plays, I was like, that'd be great. Yeah, and I think, I mean, if 
if it was, I look at it like, well, like Stadia. I think if I had a 50-50 shot on a good experience or not, but it never once made me upset because it's not something I pay extra for. Right. Go into it. I, I get 10 minutes out of it, but it's not, not the primary way to play, which is perfectly fine. Right. It's, it's, it is a, it's not like you're competing with like Nintendo and stuff like that in terms of like the quality of the switch. It it's there. It's there for convenience. Like if you don't want to carry like a whole entire console with you or vice versa and stuff like that. And then the, the one thing I did test out is Mm -hmm. if you, if you are playing on X cloud, it will not let you play on the console at the same time. Really? Yep. It it will That's recognize funny. that you're using another device and it will not let you log into the console. Oh, I wonder if it's because of the because of your account. That's the only thing I could think of. But yeah, I I haven't seen any like articles or anything mentioning that, so just mm-hmm. throw it out there. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. But 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 yeah. Um I'll I'll keep diving in. I think it's yeah, it's it's interesting because I think with Game Pass, uh, almost all the games that I've seen put on there recently are all coming to I mean X Cloud and console, and right. to see like MLB the Show being being able to play on X Cloud is really weird. Yeah, no, it's very it's super weird to even say that. Like, oh yeah, you can play this thing remotely with a freaking phone, and you're like, oh that's odd. Um. Yeah, if you get a backbone controller, let me know how it is because, I mean, regardless of whether I do it for xCloud or not, I would I would still, I would love to have one because I have like I have a Nimbus with a you know one of those a Nimbus like a native Apple controller that has yep. like a cl- I have a clip for it, which is great and all, but it's sort of bulky like it's sort of like cumbersome because you remember you're holding a controller and you're holding your phone, yeah, like at the same time, so it's like. I sort of want something where it's, you know, the weight of the phone is offset by, like, this thing sitting in between. And plus, it's it'd be like a junior switch, which is also enticing to me. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. I, I would guess I'll probably have one within the week or so. Nice. Yeah, and then I'll probably, and then probably the following week, that will make my purchase justified. And I'll probably order one. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Very cool. We'll move on to the last part of the night. Um, it's going to be the news, and I'm going to let you take that over, Bob. All right. So um, the first article that the first article that we brought up was uh, Crash Force Studio um, called Toys for Bob, which I've, I don't know why I like that name. Um, they're <laughs> officially like they went from you know developing, I believe they developed you know uh, the Spyro Reignited trilogy. They did the you know crash bandicoot trilogy as well as crash 4 um there are reports now that all they're doing currently is just supporting warzone development like call of duty warzone development and amid layoff claims cuz supposedly after crash 4 they did layoffs and that team is essentially you know they're still a team but they got gutted and they're just working on supporting warzone right now which you know obviously pisses like me. Yeah, it's shocking and it pisses a lot of people off. It's it's just 
it's it's ridiculous i i i understand supporting that thing but it's like don't let one of your best developers run as a support team like it's let let hire more people to run as your support team so it's it's yeah it's upset a lot of people especially now, because like you release crash 4 and crash 4 is incredible now toys for bob yeah. weren't they the uh didn't they do skylanders yep they were yeah. that's how they did the spyro stuff from the start yep. um reports of layoffs yeah here it is reports of layoffs of toys for bob are somebody says it's incorrect um, development team is operating fully and has a number of full-time jobs at the opening. It's because that's Activision denying it. Uh, and it says, uh, they continue supporting crash bandicoot four and more recently provide additional development support to call of duty Warzone. Yeah. I don't believe Activision for shit. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much what they said. God, Toys for Bob was found in 1989. But uh, yeah, they did Spyro Reignited, uh, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, and Crash Bandicoot 4. And then, like you said, they started with Skylanders. So it's... Yeah, it, it, it sucks. I, I, I've, heard of other, I've heard of other companies doing this kind of stuff. Like, and I understand supporting like certain teams and everything, but I don't know. Like, if, Especially when you're talking about a games-as-a-service thing like Warzone... You would think that you would leave your other developers alone and just hire a bigger team like uh, Epic did with Fortnite. Like they don't have other developers working on Fortnite; they just brought bigger teams in to work on it. So, yeah, what can you do? But there's actually more positive news, which is good. Yeah, let's um, get it. Yeah, the more positive news is uh, Microsoft today. Their backwards compatibility team is fucking killing it, and they added 74 more games that will get a FPS boost anywhere, and they released the full list, and um, certain games run at 60 hertz, you know, 60 FPS, 60 hertz. There are other games on Battlefield 1, Battlefield 4, they'll run at 120 hertz. So I'm uh, I'm surprised to see, like, so many of them that are supported by both the s and the yeah. x yeah because i mean you look at uh i'm looking at battle chasers night war here runs at 120 hertz on the s and the x so does battlefield 4 and battlefield hardline which is insane but yeah i mean there's some there's some bangers on here uh gears of war 4 is now 60 fps um as 100 or 60 fps 60 hertz um <laughs> Golf with, golf, with friends friends. golf with your friends is 120 hertz mode now um there's a lot of stuff um a lot of the assassin's creed games are now got the fps boost um assassin's creed 3 rogue remastered the Ezio collection i actually would love to play the Ezio collection with a freaking fps boost bob is gonna have to start buying some fucking xbox games which sucks um assassin's creed unity i own that that's gonna be a fps boost which is awesome um a lot of Lego games, all pretty much like most of the recent Lego games, all got yep. a huge FPS boost, which is helpful for those games. Mad Max has got a fuck me. I'm gonna end up playing. Man, I have not. I have not finished Mad Max. I've never started it, but I'm gonna play a That's... lot of these games. Watch Dogs One and Watch Dogs One and Two got an FPS boost. Um, a lot of these games, Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition, a lot of people are flipping out about, and so is uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Got a nice FPS boost. Um, one of the big ones for me personally 
Yakuza Six. Yakuza yeah. Six has Yakuza Six has the FPF boost, um, and it doesn't have it on PlayStation, and that's been a majority because because PlayStation has a different mentality, which I'm hoping they get away from and they start doing it themselves. Is that Microsoft has a backwards compatibility team that looks at these games and figures out a way to do it without the developers' help. They'll they'll ask for the developers' help, but they'll they necessarily will do it themselves. PlayStation relegates it to the developer. So if the developer chooses to release this update, they can they can release it. If not, they don't care. And that's one of those missteps where I'm like, Sony, you should, you know, if you can and a lot of these games have like accidental FPS boosts anyway. Like certain games already had that boost, or if they had like a performance mode for the PS4 Pro, they got like essentially a lock 60 FPS as opposed to like being tossed around. But it would be nice to see a lot of these games like like Ratchet and like the way Ratchet and Clank did, where they got a significant boost from the actual from like either Sony or from the actual developer themselves. But I think Sony should start really handling a lot of the stuff, especially if certain developers aren't worried about their particular game anymore. So it's it's cool to see. Kudos to the freaking Xbox team. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's a good time for it because not a lot of things coming out, and I was say I yep. mean I always like it like backwards compatibility and things like that of just it gives the developer a good way to test out if an IP is still valuable. Yep, that's exactly it. It's uh, it's a good way to test. Like you said, it's a perfect way to test whether or not people are still, you know, considering purchasing certain games and things like that. I have to, uh, sorry, I'm sitting there looking at all the fucking Assassin's Creed games and how much they are on Amazon for Xbox. And I'm like, fuck me on my bodies. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good way to see if IP is still relevant and see if they're still making sales off of stuff. It's super smart. And I, I think, I mean, going into the next news story, I mean, it's, interesting on how competitive things are getting and just the different approaches that both Sony and Microsoft are taking to things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, the last story that we have, or no, next to the last story, um, Sony bought the minority stock in Discord, <laughs> which super... I thought was, <laughs> which I think is fucking bonkers. Like, uh, PlayStation acquires minority interest in Discord following Microsoft's buyout interest. Sony is looking to work with Discord more closely. This is coming from IGN. Um, PlayStation has announced that it has made a minority investment in Discord as a way to build a relationship between the popular online chat service and Sony. Um, there's no indication on what they're doing exactly, but there are reports that they want it fully integrated in the, in the PlayStation ecosystem by like early next year. So, yeah. There's no concrete details on how PlayStation and Discord may uh, collaborate in the future, whether that's official Discord integration into PlayStation or something else. However, the minority stake shows that Sony's at least committed to working with Discord in some capacity. So that's what was it? Yeah, two two to three weeks ago that it was yeah. Discord announcing that like those talks fell through. Yeah, because uh, yeah, the news of PlayStation's minority stake comes off the heels of reports that Discord has halted talks of the buyout with three potential buyers, including Microsoft. 
Reportedly, the tech giant was ready to offer $10 billion for Discord, but those negotiations would put a hole with the potential to be rekindled in the future. So, yeah. It's weird how much synergy is happening between all these companies now. Because remember before, it was like so, the lines were so divided. It was either, you know, Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo. And it was like they were completely divided from one another. And it was like, fuck you. Well, fuck you. And it's like now it's like if Microsoft bought Discord, but it's integrated into Sony, like Microsoft like may or may not pull it away from Sony, but more than likely they couldn't because they were a minority shareholder. And so it's like, it's weird how all these companies are working together. It's like, like you said, like, MLB the show is being developed by Sony, but MLB wants it on Xbox. And so it's like probably part of their contract was like, you can develop it, but you'll get a cut of it, but we want it on Xbox. It's, it's super freaking weird how much everything is connected. It's like almost like you have to keep a continuity of this shit. Yeah. So. But Man, and we're is. only we're only in the first year of these things. Right. And the cool part is like the only people who are, you know, the only people who are benefiting from all this is us. Like we're like Microsoft's FPS boost, like the Discord integration. Like I think that'd be cool as hell if uh you know, if you had certain alerts set up on Discord and it was like through your PlayStation. So if somebody tagged you or something like that, it would pop up like as a pop up for your PlayStation. I think that'd be I think that kind of shit would be cool. Oh, yeah. And I mean, there's no better platform for it. Right, exactly. So, yeah, very cool. And then uh, we have one more story. Um, Yeah. What is that one? (laughs) I'll get into that one. Um, It was one that I popped up on today and just forgot about it. But Mm. supposedly rumors going around the Xbox is going to change their cut that they charge for games sold. On their platforms. Um, Supposedly, I guess Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo all take around a 30% um, fee for any sales. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know exactly what is driving it, but Microsoft is working on cutting that down to 12%. Oh, shit. Um, I'm just very curious on what what their kind of endgame goal is. Right. Um, yeah, just, I I don't know if it's just how much revenue that they've taken from like the Game Pass scenario, or I mean that's just a significant change, or if they just want to have more control to drive lower prices overall. Right. I yeah. I mean that's. I'm not sure. I mean that's it's interesting, or maybe they're trying to get people to promote like more promotion of releasing games exclusively to their platform. I, yeah. But it's, yeah, I'm curious how Sony's going to answer that because that's one of those things where you put people, you know, between a rock and a hard place. And it's like, well, Sony, I think you're going to have to step up your, you're going to step up your game here in terms of like what you're cutting out too. So it'll be interesting to see to say the least. Yeah. But I think that uh, is all we got for tonight. Yeah, I think that's everything. So, um, just want to say thank you all for sticking around listening. If you guys yeah. want to find us, chat with us. Where can they find us, Bob? Well, you can uh, first check out our Discord, definitely, because uh, that's where we're all 
their random random times during the day because you have the UK people and then you have us that chime in not as often as them but often enough and then you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Complete Geeks. Okay, and then our community play is going to be upcoming this weekend, um, mm-hmm. likely on Sunday. So if you hop onto our Discord, you can see the announcement there. Or sometimes we even bring that to a community vote. So if you want to have an influence on what we play, hop on, check us out. Yep, definitely. All right. Thank you, everybody, once again, and we will catch you later. See ya.